Good morning, and welcome to another episode of Crime Over Coffee. We're your host. I'm Abby. And I'm Erica. Today, I'm going to be telling you guys about the mysterious disappearance of Danielle Imbo and Richard Patron. So grab your fire department coffee and let's dive in. Danielle Imbo, who goes by Danny by friends and family, so we're, we're going to call her Danny throughout this episode, had just recently gone through a divorce in February of 2005 and was living in Mount Laurel, New Jersey with her son. Danny did have a friend whose name was Richard Patron, and he goes by Rich, so we have Danny and Rich in our story. At this time, Danny is 34 years old, and she's known Rich for about two decades. They had grown up together in New Jersey and their families were really, really close. She was actually best friends with Rich's sister, Christine. And Danny, like I said, had just gone through a divorce. Right after she went through the divorce, she did start dating Rich. They dated for a little while and then they ended up taking a break from dating because Danny felt like she just needed to concentrate on herself, her job and her son. Her and Rich did continue to text each other and call each other and continue to talk. They just were not officially dating at this time. On February 19th, 2005, Rich texts Danny and asks her if she would like to go out and get some drinks that night. And Danny says that she would love to. And so she agrees to go with him. Now, at this time, her son, who's... I don't know if this was his nickname or if this was his official name, but this is how all of the articles referred to him as, but it's Little Joe. So her son, Little Joe, was actually spending the weekend with his father, so she didn't have to worry about getting a babysitter or anything. She could just go out. So she's like, sure. They end up going to a bar slash restaurant called Abilene's, which is in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. A little bit of more information about Rich. So he was a year older than Danny. And had a 14-year-old daughter who mostly lived with him. But she recently had decided to move with her mom in South Philadelphia. So she wasn't living with him at the time. So he also did not have a child that he needed to worry about that evening. So Danny has accepted this invitation to go to the bar with Rich. But prior to going to this bar and restaurant with him, she does go out to dinner with her mom, her best friend, and Rich's sister, Christine. And... Marge Patron, which is Christine and Rich's mom. Like I said, both of their parents were really good friends. They went to the restaurant together and had dinner. And then after it was done, Christine drops Danny off at a bar near Rich's apartment. And that's where he then picks her up. And they hang out there for a little bit before going to Albaline's. Rich and Danny did try calling Christine to ask her if she wants to go wanted to go to the bar with them as they were meeting up with some friends, but she says that she's really tired and she's just going to go home and go to bed. The following morning around 9 a.m., Danny's brother, John Ottobra, pulls up to Danny's house. He was there to fix a couple things for his sister. Her son had pulled down some curtain rods and broken the curtains earlier in the week, and John had agreed that he'd come over on Saturday morning to fix them. So he knocks on the door and no one answers. So he knocks again, still no answer. He's like, okay, fine. I'll just call Danny's cell phone. He calls her and the phone goes straight to voicemail. So he calls his mom 
And he's like, hey, have you heard from Danny? Like, do you know where she is? And his mom's like, well, she went out with Rich last night. She's probably just like spent the night at his house. So John's like, okay, that's fine. So he has his own key to get into her house. So he just goes in, fixes the curtain rods and leaves. Doesn't notice anything weird or anything. Everything seems fine. So there's no concern. Rich's sister, Christine, was a hairdresser. And Danny actually had an appointment with her on that Saturday morning at 11 a.m. to get her hair done. And shortly after 11 o'clock came and Danny still wasn't there. And Christine became really concerned because Danny was always on time. She was rarely late. So Christine calls Danny's phone and her call goes straight to voicemail. So she's like, okay, well, I'll call Rich. She's probably still with him. So she calls Rich and that call also goes to voicemail. So she's like, okay, fine. I'll call my mom. So she calls her mom. She's like, hey, have you heard from Rich or Danny or anybody? And she's like, I don't know where they'd be. And so Marge tries to contact Rich as well. And he doesn't answer. So she's like, hmm, this is interesting. But I know that he had plans with friends later on today. So they were all supposed to come over to his house and watch the Daytona 500. So I'm assuming he'll be there for that. So she called her sister, which would have been Rich's aunt, and asks her to go and check on, go to Rich's house and see if he's got people there or if something's weird. So she goes to his house, knocks on the door several times and can hear his dog barking, but nobody comes to answer the door. So at this point, people are concerned, but nobody's really doing a whole lot. Marge also then calls Rich's friend Anthony, who he'd been with at the bar the previous night, with Danny as well. And she's like, hey, I know you're supposed to hang out with Anthony today. Like, any idea where he's at? We're having trouble getting hold of him. He doesn't seem to be home. Well, Anthony's like, "Mm, I haven't seen them since last night at the bar. And he's like, they seem to be in a really good mood. I mean, they had fun the whole night. Was this at the initial bar they went to or was it at the one that was 30 minutes away? This was the one at Albaline's. Okay. Yeah. The one in Philadelphia then? Yeah. I think they were both in Philadelphia. Oh. Anthony also said that when Danny and Rich left the bar, they had said that they were going to go back to Danny's house. It was at this point that Marge contacts Danny's mom Felice and they start talking and they're like okay something's going on like it has to be they just are off doing something and this is totally out of character but like we're just gonna keep waiting well around five o'clock that night Joe Imbo who is Danny's ex-husband comes to Danny's house to drop off their son and while he's there Danny doesn't show up and it was kind of a weird situation because Danny and Joe weren't getting along obviously they had just recently divorced and Joe really really hated Rich so he had left like some threatening messages in the past because Rich had been in Danny's life since for 20 years I mean since she was like a teenager and he was just kind of threatened by him so he would just always it just wasn't a good situation right for him for anybody to be like oh well Rich or Danny was out with Rich Rest last night. That's why she's not here to get your son. So Danny's brother, John, heads over to Danny's Danny's place. And he meets Joe. And he picks up little Joe. And then kind of just takes care of him. And, you know, he Joe asks, like, 
what's going on? And John's like, oh, I'm just like, he, Danny's out with Christine, so I'm just going to watch him for a little bit until she gets back. Okay, so bad enough that they're not going to even full disclosure that kind of what's going on to him. Yeah, they're like, he doesn't need to know about this because he'll just be pissed off and it will probably yeah. make the situation worse. Right. Joe drops off his son and John is like, okay, we need to call the police. Something is wrong. Danny never would have missed a drop off and like picking up her kid. John was also really concerned because Danny was known to always have her cell phone on and to not answer or call back within the amount of time that it had been was really, really strange. It was at this time, like I said, John contacted police to report Danny missing and Rich's family contacted police to report him missing because they knew something was terribly wrong. Now, both families seemed to be knowledgeable about police departments and filing missing reports because they filed it, but they said they knew that nothing would happen for 48 hours and it hadn't been more than it hadn't been 24 hours yet. I still don't. I don't understand that at all. I I don't either. Like I get it in a sense of like, because a lot of times it's not anything. And so they don't want to waste police time trying to track everyone down when they just were like at the grocery store or something. But in the scenarios where someone's actually truly missing, like those first 48 hours are critical. Exactly. I just, I don't get it. Luckily, the family was like, we need to just look into this ourselves. So John meets up with Rich's dad, whose also name is whose name is also Richard. And they drive up and down streets of Philadelphia looking for Rich's truck. So at the time, he was driving a black silver Dodge Dakota truck. And Richard and Danny were both seen getting into it after leaving the bar. So they're driving everywhere trying to find his truck they try to trace the route that they would have taken to get from philadelphia to danny's house they and they said that they drove every single route went over every bridge looked everywhere and they searched for 12 hours and then finally went home which i don't know if i said this on the podcast but i did look it up so the bar that they went to to mount laurel was about a 30 minute drive and if you think about it, I mean, they're driving back and forth and back and forth for 12 hours. They probably drove at least five, six different paths. While they were both out driving around, Rich and Danny's moms were calling the hospitals. They were calling jails. They were trying to see if they could find them anywhere. These calls all led to dead ends. They had no idea where Danny and Rich were at this point. Finally, Philadelphia police did step in and start looking into it themselves. When they started looking originally, they're like, there's no foul play that we can really find, you know, but they're like, we need to keep an eye out, like keep an open mind. Something could have happened. Something that the police kind of believed in the beginning was maybe Rich and Danny just decided to leave on a vacation for a little while by themselves because Rich's truck was still missing at this point. And the fact that an entire truck and two people were missing was kind of strange, right? Yeah, it I mean, you would think they went missing on their way home or they went home and went back out somewhere. But to me, it doesn't sound like they would have just like picked up and went on a vacation and not told anyone, especially if Danny was supposed to be getting her kid. It 
was just very out of character for them, which I think going back to what we were talking about earlier with police waiting 48 hours, I think police officers or police departments and detectives need to take into consideration other like family members saying this is out of character for them. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I think that that's something that's important to note in a lot of these cases. I agree. Yeah, because it is very different if you have a family member who is always communicating, always on their phones, and then they go for a whole day and nobody can get a hold of them or anything, especially since their phones were just going straight to voicemail. Yeah, that's like a weird thing, too, that the phones weren't even ringing at all. The family pretty quickly decided that foul play did happen. They were like, there's no way that they would have left voluntarily. So something bad had to have happened to them. They did keep searching, though. They were going all over Philadelphia, New Jersey, handing out flyers, putting posters up, going to train stations, looking at the airports, and just everywhere trying to find the truck or anything, any signs of Rich or Danny. And they just kept coming up empty-handed. At this point in their kind of relationship, friendship, were they good or were they having any issues? They were not having any issues. At the time that they went missing, they were not actually in a relationship. They had broken that off and were just being friends at this time. But they were still interested in each other enough to continue talking and going out. The people that were with them the night that they went missing at the bar said that the entire night they were holding hands, kissing. They seemed very in love and not like there were any issues at all. Detectives did end up doing a search of the Delaware River by a helicopter looking to see if Rich's truck had somehow ended up in the water, but they didn't find his truck. They also reviewed financial records for both Danny and Rich, but saw no red flags. None, neither of them were in debt and their bank accounts and credit cards had not been used since the night they disappeared. There was just no evidence that Danny and Rich were living their lives anywhere. Along with their search, detectives did pull surveillance footage from every ATM on the street that the bar was on and went through it looking to see if they could find where the truck went or where they went, like which direction it headed in to give them a better idea of where to look. But they didn't see them at all on the ATMs. Now, they knew that neither of them had withdrawn any money, but they were hoping that while somebody else was or something or just to run the cameras themselves that they could see them driving by or walking by they detectives also went through all the surveillance footage from the cameras on the bridges that he would have that rich would have drove over if he had gone to danny's house and the neither of the bridges showed his truck going into new jersey that night leading investigators to believe that they never made it out of pennsylvania which i would say points even more towards them not going on a spontaneous trip because they probably would have gone home, collected stuff, and then left. Correct. And And it sounds like they never even made it home. Yeah, nothing was missing from their homes that would have indicated that they left. So, and her brother felt like the house was totally normal. Nothing seemed out of normal. And if you remember, I said that Rich had a dog at his house and he just left the dog. And I don't think that that's something that he would have done if he was going on vacation. I feel like he would have at least asked somebody to watch the dog. A few weeks after Danny and Rich went missing, police did think that they had kind of caught a break in the case because in Camden, New Jersey, just across the river from Philadelphia, there was a Dodge Dakota that had been found burned. 
And it looked identical to Rich's truck. So they're like, okay, well, we have the truck. But they investigated it and the VIN number came back and showed that it was a different truck that had been reported stolen. Detectives did look around that area as well to see if Rich's truck had was also somewhere, if there was another truck like that that was found burned, but they never found anything. I will say that I find it interesting that two identical trucks were kind of targeted within a short period of time in the same area. Yeah, that is interesting. I wonder if that's coincidence or if there was something else going on. Yeah, it makes me wonder if like somebody was trying to target one person and ended up with the wrong person at one point or something. I don't know. It's just, I find it interesting. The mystery has been solved. Here at Crime Over Coffee, our go-to caffeinated beverage for every episode is Fire Department Coffee. And you can get some as well and save 15% with our exclusive coupon code CRIMEPOD15. Owned and operated by firefighters and veterans, 10% of all their proceeds go directly to helping sick and injured first responders. And with an incredible range of flavors and caffeine strength, it's a company that all of us can easily support. So please go to firedeptcoffee.com and use our coupon code CRIMEPOD15 to support us, support them, help first responders, and get some incredibly tasty coffee along the way. A month after they disappeared, the families did offer a $50,000 reward for any information leading to their return. At that point, detectives did receive a lot of new tips, but obviously none of them brought had any real information. So a few months later in June, Rich's family had pretty much come out and said, you know, Rich is just dead. We're, that's it. Like, we're not going to find him alive at this point. But Danny's family was like, I feel like we're going to find her. They're like, we don't have her body. We like we still have some hope. And at this point, the families really started a fight. They both had very different viewpoints. They were starting to blame each other like, oh, your family is the reason why my child's missing or vice versa. Or like, I don't know why you guys are being so optimistic or I don't know why you guys are being so negative. Like there was just a lot of arguments, which I think is to be expected in a high stressful situation like this where your children are missing. Yeah, it's and especially when you have um, like families that were so intertwined. Oh yeah. Um, I feel like that would leave room for some more more issues and stress, and because there's that direct access you have to each other, there's more communication happening, which makes sense that more issues came out of those communications. Yeah, the families. I mean, they were coming up with reasons to blame each other. So Danny's family was saying that Rich had a bunch of gambling debts and he was targeted because of that. And Rich's family said, well, Danny's ex-husband hated Rich. So he's the one that targeted, like he's the one that killed them. And none of this could really be proven. Police also never found any evidence that Rich had any gambling debt. So I think it was maybe just the families were getting angry with each other the police and the fbi did interrogate danny's ex-husband and ask him you know like all tell me all this information i did see in one article so i don't know that this is completely accurate but i did see in one spot that he failed well that he had a polygraph done that was inconclusive in regards to danny's disappearance but like i said that was only in one article so if that actually happened I, i can't guarantee that but I did see that they ended up finding out that he had an alibi for the night that they went missing. And this alibi was that he was at a family party in New Jersey with his stepfather and some other people. His stepfather is a retired police officer at this time. 
Oh. And he was at this party and there were a bunch of other current police officers that were at the party. So all of the people at the party said that he was there. Either it's a really, really good alibi or a really good cover up. Yeah, it was either a really lucky alibi, like, or like you said, a good cover up. But like, how lucky is it that you're just surrounded by police officers the night your ex-wife goes missing? Over the years, police have followed up on all of the different leads that they have received, but nothing's ever led anywhere. I couldn't find how the FBI came to this conclusion specifically, but the FBI has some sort of information that leads them to believe that Rich and Danny were the victims of a murder-for-hire plot that was done by a professional hitman. Who would have orchestrated that, though, do they think? I I don't know. Like, I, I... So, I don't know who would have done it. I don't... Like, who would have ordered it? I don't know why they think that. They said that they didn't find anything in their backgrounds that made them a target, but they just feel like that's something that could have happened. Which I don't quite understand. They have to have something, obviously, leading that them to believe that. I was going to say, that's... It's too random unless they have some evidence that they're withholding that directly points to it. But yeah, that just makes me wonder because it doesn't just from this, what you've told me, it doesn't sound like Danny and Rich had anything dark and mysterious in their lives that would warrant something like that. Yeah, from what I could find and what the articles are all saying, there's nothing. The FBI did also say that they feel like more than one person was involved in the crime. I can agree with that because whoever did it took two people and a truck so it seems like it's something that would take more than one person yeah i almost wonder if like i don't know maybe they went driving off somewhere else and like got in an accident and it was somewhere weird or secluded enough that it just wasn't found that's possible um however it's been 16 years now over 16 years so it just seems really unlikely that still to this day nobody would have found the vehicle but maybe they went very very secluded i don't know So to this day, 16 years later, over 16 years later, Richard and Danny have never been seen or heard from again. And Richard's truck is still missing. The license plate for his truck, just to give a slight description. So like I said, it was a black Dodge Dakota truck with the license plate YFH2319. It also had a NASCAR sticker in the rear window. Danielle Imbo. Danny or Danielle, who went missing, also sometimes used the last name Odebray, which was her maiden name. She had a tattoo of flowers on her lower back. She was last seen wearing a dark colored jacket, cream colored sweater, and blue jeans. She wears, at the time, she was wearing three small silver rings and was carrying a two-handle black purse. She had hazel eyes and dark brown hair. She was five foot five inches tall and weighed 117 pounds. And she has a gap between her two front teeth. Rich, or Richard Patrone, was 35 when he went missing and has blue eyes and brown hair and would have a mustache and goatee at the time that he went missing. He was five foot nine inches tall and weighed about 200 pounds. He was last seen wearing blue jeans, a polo hoodie, and sneakers. And he also wears glasses. He does have a tattoo of his daughter's name, Angela, on his left bicep and a tattoo of several clowns on his right bicep, which this doesn't need to go in there, but that just yeah, weird. makes my skin crawl. <laughs> weird. <laughs> the FBI is offering a reward of up to $50,000 for information leading to the arrest and conviction of anyone involved in the disappearance. 
If you have any information about Rich or Danny, you can contact the FBI Philadelphia Field Office at 215-418-4000 or the Philadelphia Police Department at 215-686-3013. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Crime Over Coffee. You can find us on Instagram at Crime Over Coffee or on Facebook at Crime Over Coffee Podcast, where all of our photo and video content for each episode can be found. You can also email us your thoughts and case suggestions at crimeovercoffeepod at outlook.com. Also, all of our sources can be found in the show notes of each episode. If you would like, you can support us by going to anchor.fm slash crimeovercoffee. Donations are greatly appreciated and assist in making the podcast possible. Other ways to support us include recommending us to friends and family, giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and subscribing to us on your favorite podcast listening medium. So again, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.